Hey, and we're back. I'm Ryan McDowell, and I am joined for the sixth episode of the Fairly Awesome Podcast by Nate Bushing. What's up, guys? Stoughton Wade. <laughs> and I'm not going to introduce Chris Keen. Oh, I'm, I still love you. We have to do this so they know our voices. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I tell which one of us is the asshole. That guy. <laughs> it's definitely that guy <laughs> that just talked. What? What? You? Wait. What? What? You? Huh? Huh? Me? You? I think we've determined that the episodes just get more cha- tangential at the beginning. Do they get cosine? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long one, Jed. It is. We do have some interesting <laughs> topics, though, and I do think they, we're going to start off... away from nerd math? Thanks, Nate. Yes. Trigonometry is fun. <laughs> I think we're going to start off with uh, a topic that Chris brought to us about uh, movie releases. I mean, right now we're looking at, uh, you know, it's pretty much been the same uh, since movies have been released and then later released to some format that you would then buy, you know, on VHS at one point, DVD, you know, <clears throat> I suppose Laserdisc if anybody was into that. Betamax, <laughs> Betadisc. Right. right, anyway. PSP. And then, you know, now Blu-ray or whatever. It's It's been like a, a six-month to, in some cases, almost a year before it's released um, for you to view it at home then if you missed it in theaters and mm-hmm. you didn't pick it up at the dollar theater or whatever. <clears throat> Uh, are they missing out now? I guess is, is that the the thing? Is it is it broken? Are they missing out on on potential sales right now when you're excited about it to just go ahead and release those extras and everything? And you know you're going to get an even better experience if you buy it at home. Then I th- I think to a certain extent there are people who will hold out for all the special features. There are some people that love the movie that don't give two shits about special features. And they would be more than willing to plunk down, you know, 15 or 20 bucks coming out of the theater to buy the movie right then and have it at home. Mm-hmm. What you're looking at, um, <clears throat> what you've got, uh, I know one we like to argue about, Prometheus. Prometheus was released in What June. have you just done? <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> it was you're fine. released in June of 2012. <laughs> uh, released on DVD in sep- er, October. Three months prior was released on a handful of video-on-demand services, not like... Xbox, PlayStation, mm-hmm. iTunes, and Amazon was it. Mm-hmm. And then three weeks later, released on DVD, and then a month <laughs> later, finally released on Netflix and Redbox, Netflix only DVD. It has still not come out to stream. Wow. So <clears throat> people that primarily get their content either from streaming or <clears throat> one of these side services had to wait forever for this movie to come out to even see it again. And this is, you know... Maybe it's still in a dollar theater. Maybe it's not. Most of the time, you know, I don't think movie theater or movie companies are making a lot of money off the dollar theaters anyway since they're, you know, late runs. Mm-hmm. You don't have a whole lot of people in. But looking at uh, some of them that, that do a better job, uh, Dread, which we talked about like an hour ago mm-hmm. and said was pretty awesome underrated movie, uh, came out. The DVD, video on demand, Netflix, everything came out three months later. And, you know, available everywhere... So you could watch the movie, again, because you like the movie. So I'm saying is that these windows are stupid because that interim time, you know, you're going to go to the theater, you want to see something awesome. Prometheus definitely worth seeing in IMAX, probably, you know, arguably 3D, depending on how well you can see 3D, because it was still pretty friggin' awesome in 3D. But <clears throat> having to then wait three months to four months to see it again on, you know, Blu-ray or DVD, 
not being able to immediately, you know, go home and watch it again or, or take anything and watch it again without having to resort to just downloading a, you know, a, a camera recorded version of it that the, the quality is shit that you would totally have paid good money for, you know. Had they released it Had earlier. they released it earlier, you would have bought it. If you, you know, like I said, yes, it's understandable that you want to have a little gap for, you know, commentaries, you know, special features, stuff like that. And that's great. Release the collector's edition four months later. That's fine. Hmm. But for some people that just want the movie, and you could almost even double sale. I'm sure you'd get people that would buy the $15 or $10 version out of the theater and then buy the collector's edition four months later to get all the special features and stuff. All right, so devil's advocate here. Yeah. If you could buy it, let's say the window was two weeks or a month, or like you said, as soon as you walked out of the theater, you could go, you'd be like, man, that movie was so good. And specifically Prometheus had us all, whether you liked it or not, Mm -hmm. had us all talking about it enough that if there was a copy to watch again and scrutinize further, we probably would have. One of us probably would have bought it and... We, it probably would have been me. And no, and then, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's that's where it, it draws into it, right? You would have bought it, and then nobody would have been back to the theater. We went back and saw it twice. Remember, we went back. We did. <clears throat> my my point is, if you can do that, would you have ever gone to the theater in the first place? No, I wouldn't. Um, possibly because the argument for viewing it in the theater is a far superior experience and and it's kind of gotten a little gray with you know home technology getting better at doing kind of big screen presentation with awesome sound systems and better video systems mm-hmm. but you still go to the theaters for the giant viewing experience and going you know with a bunch of people that you know that yep. you can argue about it afterwards popcorn this, and all right, that this is kind of this stuff. is yeah. going to say is that I don't think I've seen a movie for the purpose of seeing the movie in theaters in a while, maybe since Prometheus, that might have been the last movie that I wanted to see the it movie. It was the objective. That's the reason yeah. we went, you know? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's always just been, hey, let's get together, let's hang out. Yeah. And the movie's the thing to do, as opposed to, you know, going... Because Lord knows we weren't objectively going <clears throat> to watch Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? That movie was... Uh, artistic, <laughs> impeccable. Vin Diesel penned that script out of the blood of virgins and ancients. I have okay. to say, after that, after that description, I'm sorry, I missed it. <laughs> this has to yeah. be the greatest you, movie. You've got to see the barrel roll scene. I think I even saw Peppy pop up Papa there. Was like, like, do a barrel roll! And then he did the barrel roll as he flew. Yeah, it was great. From Star Fox. Yeah, it was Star pretty Fox. much all Star uphill Fox. and downhill at Starbucks boob. Yes, Starbucks boob. You have to, you have to view it again. Apparently, because it, we can't wait now for Riddick. As we talk now, Riddick is not out on on DVD. Is it? I, Pacific Rim is though. I think which is interesting. Pacific Rim job? Yes, Pacific Rim jobs. Out. Well, that, I think couple, that, couple uh, weeks before though. I mean, we're, we're almost a month difference between the two. I I think honestly, <clears throat> the the. Studio heads determine these these release windows, and I don't think it's because of technology. We've already got to the point where they're digital. They just drop them straight in, right into the transformation. Oh, I've got my DVD thing, and I'll just drop right. it in there like a Nero burn list or whatever. But the, the problem lies in that they want to milk it as much as they can get. And if it's doing well in the box office, they don't want to take that away because you're going to go pay 20 bucks to go see this movie as opposed the to way, 20 bucks to view it as much as the you way, want. The way it works is that if you go see a movie on opening weekend, the theater has to pay a higher percentage of that 
ticket, whatever you want to call right, it, right. to the studio. Yep. Okay. So as that goes down, then the theater starts to make more money. So the theater doesn't want the studio to release it four weeks after its opening night yep. because they can still get people coming in and make a higher percentage so of it. So they're lobbying for it, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. So yeah. we've got uh, opposing forces that all want different things <laughs> and the consumer. Mm-hmm. The consumer wants as many choices as possible. But, but three, four months still? Well, the, would you say that, as soon as it disappears from <clears throat> theater, available? No. Would that make sense? Uh-huh. No. Because then for a movie that you're marginally thinking about seeing, you'll just say, no, I'll just wait for Netflix. It'll be out in two weeks. It's a good point. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, I would say, you know, hey, guys, why don't you all come over and we'll, you know, I'll buy it and we'll have it on the on the big screen or whatever and we'll watch it. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of limited releases where they're doing simultaneous release, where they're just releasing it everywhere. But th- we're talking about not blockbusters, movies where they don't expect to have a huge box office. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, more, it's more important to get eyes on it than it is making <coughs> exactly. bajillions of dollars. Yeah. B, B or C titles. <clears throat> yep. Not... Yeah, they, they're just as happy with the 10 cents they're going to make off of you watching it on Netflix as hmm. they are with a dollar you're going to see it in theater. Now, one thing I've I've seen starting to happen is uh, like Xbox Dashboard. I've seen a couple of movies where you can watch right then. I mean, uh, some in some cases, before it's even in theaters, Yeah, you can watch oh, it. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. There's wow. been a couple. There's been like two or three that you can watch before they're even in theaters. And I'm sure what's happening there is that they're paying them a higher share per view than they would if they were just to widely release it. Yeah. You still got to rent it, and renting mm-hmm. it is like 20 bucks when Jeez. you do that. But Holy sh... Nikes. But wait a minute, <laughs> 20 bucks, right? What would you spend if you went to the theaters? Not 20 bucks. Uh, what did we spend on Riddick? We went and saw it, and it was like freaking fourteen dollars for the ticket <laughs> per person. So and no, then you it bought it. Wasn't what do you think it was for the ticket yeah. per person? Yeah. What nine bucks? No, eight, no. eight or nine dollars? No, we didn't see it in IMAX. You your movies. We we saw it in three D, though, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we did. Yeah, I thought we did. <laughs> that was the worst three D movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. No, no, I don't know if we did or not. I can't no, remember. Right. So, so anyway, if if it's, it's not three D, if it's not three D, it would have been twelve. What was amazing is how good this was that we can no. all remember it so well. <laughs> if it, if it wasn't in three D, it would have been twelve dollars. If it was three D, it would have been fourteen. And if it was IMAX three D, it was it was fifteen. And if it was Nate's three D, it was. So anyway, I'm saying 20 bucks seems high for a single viewing, but if you get to see that ahead of the theaters, maybe it is worth a premium. I don't know. Or if you get to see it with multiple people, I mean, you could bring a couple guys over and you guys could, like, cry in the same scenes and (laughs) comfort each other or something like that. But even if you were to limit, if you wanted to put limitations on it, those would at least make sense. If you would say, okay, for the first two weeks, you could only see it in theaters. Great. Two weeks... To let's say a month and a half out, if you see it in theaters, you can then buy a ten dollar copy. That is the only way you can get it. You have to buy a movie ticket. Oh, and okay. Then you yeah, can buy okay. That would be a good thing. That yeah. would be good. If you see it in theaters, you can you know get it uh, digital download or whatever. Right. You know, the moment right. it leaves theaters, that would be great but you'd too. Have to like you know, there'd be like the a code on your yes. ticket, and you're talking about going against that oppositional force, like you said, that they want you to come back and view it in the theater or bring your friends or whatever. And if it's the theater, it's, it's got to work together with I, a ticket. I think this could work though. If you if let's say you did it through like a Fandango or a MovieTickets.com or, or whatever, some sort of if you do online booking, mm-hmm. yep. you get your your 
code yeah. through them okay. so that you can buy digital license or yeah. uh, you have access then to order the DVD or, or whatever. It's still against Fandango's best interest, though. Well, I suspect what you would find <clears throat> out is they actually have a system for determining the release windows of all these. Yeah. And it's just that we don't know what it is because it's, <laughs> it's at the higher level it's, pay grade of the executive suite. It, it's actually Skynet. It's up there with the Hollywood accounting where they determine how much mo- money a movie actually makes. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like, oh, well, the movie has yeah. to make this much money before we can release it. Yeah. Uh, it still hasn't made enough money because we're not done paying ourselves yet. Yeah. Right. This is why you always, hear, you always hear people suing because they say, you know, the amount of movie money the movie made was, say, $50 million, and yeah. it actually made $100 million, and they're arguing how much the movie actually made. Yeah. So, That's what I mean. You have, like, you have the... the fractions of the little tangent. But no, no. Yeah. You, have, you have the movie production company that also owns, you know, half of the services involved. Right. That then sets the price for what the movie pays for their services. So the audio mixer... I'm sorry, that was $120 million to have it audio mixed. The movie only made $100 million, so we're still 20, 20 That guy is overpaid. <laughs> Let me tell you. Normalize that shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, here comes some talking. Got to turn it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, point doesn't actually go to the guy. It goes yeah, to the no, corporation. Yeah, exactly. It's the guy. But yeah, yeah. Even, even that, uh, when you were talking about it a minute ago, somebody said that uh, when they release them on DVD and Blu-ray, one of the issues with the sound quality is they don't do a proper mixing job when no. they release it. So they just kind of take the theater version, slap, slap it on it a disc, it. and sell it. They're like, yeah. right, you'll listen to anything. <laughs> oh, oh, right, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they they have a wider spread of, speakers. of dedicated speakers for a frequency. So they've yep. got subs that are that are you know specifically meant for this range, and then they've got either higher range subs or they've got very large mids you know, in the side of the theater pointed at you. So you can hear people talking. And they've got some high-end, you know, maybe like a $5,000 or a $10,000, you know, tweeter, you know, that is meant just for the high range. And when you say, okay, sweet, I'm going to watch this on my TV, they just throw it all in there, and it it just doesn't work, you know. It ends up as a mess. Right. As a a guy who does audio engineering, it just frustrates the shit out of me. (laughs) It's no good. Right. So I think the, the other thing that's at least interesting to me is we, we see these movies and we see uh, even TV shows and whatnot, and the the violence level in them. I mean, I don't really care, but the I find it very interesting that the violence level now, the censorship has come way back. Mm-hmm. We're able to see and they're able to animate and they're able to show a lot more than what they did 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. right? In terms of the amount of blood they they were willing to show on, let's say, primetime even. Because, I mean, there are gory movies back in the day, too. But, I mean, now, just what's out there openly, it seems like the censorship of, of that gore level and that just violence in general has come way back. But the, the thing that makes me, that, that makes this an interesting point is, in real life, it's almost, we've, we've almost taken almost had an intolerance for violence, which is a good thing. I mean, I, I don't want, you know, I, I want a safe environment, but even for entertainment like uh, football or uh, racing, uh, like the IRL where the, the guy, uh, Dan Weldon, died when the, the car went against the fence or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. people are like so shocked by that. Oh, my God. You know, we must do something. But in a sense, some of these sports, football and, and racing and, and I'm sure lots of others, there is an element of danger, which makes it 
exciting to watch, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if it was just so sterile that there was no, you know, nothing involved, it's not all strategy. <laughs> I was going to say, let's talk about NASCAR, a sport where people really want to watch people just make left turns all day. No, it's because okay. they want to see somebody potentially wreck. That's why they go to see this. <laughs> right. So if they, you know, like in specifically in NASCAR with with Earnhardt dying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm sure all the fans at the time said, you know, I hate to see that happen, and nobody wants to see anybody actually no. die. No, of course not. But Part of that danger element in there. Don't. <laughs> nobody I'd like to see. see Chris no, is but, writing this death note. But I mean, the, the constant. You moved your way to the top of the list. Congratulations. The constant need to try and make the entertainment more, um, or the, the sports more and more uh, safe to the point that it almost seems like the sport is kind of sterile now. You know what I mean? Like, it, it seems odd to me. There's a story that's uh, been circulating out there that the NFL is actively trying to make its sport softer in an attempt to appeal to women. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is... I don't know if that's smart or not. If you lose your fan base in order to attempt to appeal to somebody that may or may not be interested, that seems to me to be uh, a bad bet. But... Is that not the point of the lingerie football league? <laughs> no, no, I was, no, no, I was going to say, I actually know probably more females that are into football than I do males. Yeah, like seriously, <laughs> like my family, my mom is the biggest football yeah. fan out of all of us. She friggin' loves football. I don't get it. So I'm, I mean, I don't know what they, what target audience they don't think they have, but but it's funny though because in in a sense, in reality, we're trying to eliminate risk right but we've seen this corresponding increase in fantasy where we're depicting more and more violence. like yep. if you're on cable television you can pretty much do whatever you want from a violence standpoint if you're on like premium channels you can literally do whatever you want from yeah. a violence standpoint i was gonna say walking dead is a perfect example well yeah where they can you know they can do pretty much whatever they want to kind of fantasy creatures. On, say, Game of Thrones, they can do whatever they want to real human beings. Now, if you're on network television still, if you're dead, if you're a corpse, then they can do whatever they want. Like CSI, Bones, all those shows are so incredibly gory anymore. Yeah. And it's like it's like almost their way of... Because we can't have sex. God forbid our God Puritan forbid. society allows yeah. sex But So TV. we can't have sex, therefore we've upped the violence level. And it has, it's been, but it's been almost directly or inversely. So does this take us back to the lingerie football where they decided <laughs> that, oh, we can't, we can't, we're taking the uh, the risk out, so introduce sex into the... Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, I think it's very interesting that you said that um, earlier, that you said that our fantasies are becoming more um, violence and because, or violence involved because we can't uh, enact that in real life and it seems like we have that in video games we have it in and all entertainment I guess so to speak is that just because our society as a whole has become so good at mitigating the risk out of life there's something that um, and, I, and I'll, I'll try to describe it as best I can but if they take uh, video game like, like Call of Duty players yeah that have never played paintball and then they put them out on the paintball uh, field and they freak out and get really angry when they get shot because they've never experienced consequences for their actions before. Yeah. So this is this is we've because we've reduced 
risk or reduced consequences in reality or trying to soften reality. Yep. <clears throat> we're now we're now not really as affected by the depiction of violence because we don't really realize you can't what's identify happening. with somebody that's been, you know, shot or cut or anything because that has never happened to you. And it's not that everybody was you, shot or but cut. You, but you, you could kind of imagine because you know, when, if you were yeah, outdoorsman, head. you kind of knew. Like, if you were a hunter, you know what happens when somebody gets shot. Right. Exactly. But playing yeah. video games, if something bad happens, you respawn and start over. Exactly. You, you know, you get to go back. You get up and get right back into it. There are and, virtually no consequences. And so, you know, in real life, that doesn't happen. You don't immediately get back up yeah. and, and you know respawn, and the wound like heals over when you grab a friggin' med kit or whatever. I'd say there's some counterculture that has kind of developed around this too. The, hippies. Now that hippies, yeah, well, not hippies, but I was gonna say Parker is a perfect example of this. These are guys that'll go around and jump. You oh, probably sound like a oh, parkour. Parkour. Oh, parkour. Did I say Park Parker Lewis? Parker. I'm like, are you talking about that movie with Jason Statham? Yeah, that one. Actually, I did watch that recently. That was a pretty good movie. Um, Parker. Great. You mean, yeah, it was. See? Jason Transporter Statham. 17? The Transporter. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't transport anymore. He just parks. Oh. So, Parker. Oh. <laughs> he's a Parker. Parker. Oh, damn it. He's like, he's like five bucks Dude, for the life. every Jason Statham movie is the same way. There's always a guy. There's always... No, no. Awesome. Going back to our Bioshock. But anyway, yeah. So parkour Thank you. or free running for some people that call it that way. I thought you were going to judge me for saying free running. Are you a parkour? <laughs> You're a freaking hipster. Yeah, exactly. Um, do, you, do you free run in your fedora? No, I don't. No, I don't. On? I don't. With your ascot? <laughs> I was free running before it was cool. No, but but parkour, anyway, these guys are it's all like about... It's all about... Um, <laughs> There's a point. There is a point, <laughs> goddammit! No, uh, it's all about these guys are... are um, Basically taking their life into their own hands in some ways. They're jumping from building to building. You know, they're they're not uh, mitigating risk. I mean, in in such a way, they're actually seeking risk in, almost. Yeah, to, to a certain extent, they're trying to make it so they can um, move themselves around these these obstacles and and do it in a efficient manner, so to speak. But there is almost a, a an element or an element of danger. Like they don't just do this in a gym because a lot of it is very gymnastics based but it is let's take this out and go run on a freaking building and jump to the the next building maybe they watch too much matrix i don't no, know <laughs> this will never be organized yeah. as any kind of system for this reason because of the, the danger involved inherently so mm -hmm. all no, right nobody person. can take on that that sort of exactly because one person falls and breaks their neck it's over yeah yeah unless so. they sign something but they wouldn't. That's why he's saying they would just never organize. Yeah, yeah it's always couldn't. on. They couldn't do it, mm -hmm. right? So, and and you know, I suppose it's interesting because if you look on like YouTube, the like I remember when that craze came in, the parkour mm -hmm. craze, and th those guys. I mean, the, the original guys, the guys are like from what are they like from Turkey or something like that? But it's like well, it's been around since the early uh, 1900s, right? Well, I mean. When, when you really are a parkour hipster. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> when, I, when actually, <laughs> no, actually it has. It has been around no, since uh, early Assassin's 1900s. Assassin's Creed was, what, 1600s? And they had the free running? <laughs> so it's been around at least since then. <laughs> Are you telling me that wasn't real? Ah, For you kids at home that are listening, fiction. I'm, I'm face-palming Picard style right now. All right. Um, so yes. uh, anyway, the the... There were a couple of guys that, that put together some well-produced uh, videos of them doing this through city centers. And they're doing these gigantic, you know, 
leaps and and mm-hmm. just running all over the place through through a an urban environment and they're making incredible time across the city but there are several instances where if they hadn't made that jump it might have been you know broken yeah, neck they're taking, right exactly. taking life in there in some, in some yeah. cases they were like jumping from you know it's like railing and railing and like below was like busy street you know like 40 foot <laughs> Drop right, or so it's like in some cases it could have been could have been death had they messed it up, you know. But it, what what I found interesting about those guys was that their their YouTube hits were just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like the there clearly was a, a want to watch that, yeah, because there was an element of danger, yeah. And I suppose on the on the racing side of it, you know, you look at at all the stuff and it just seems anymore like okay, these guys have these horrific crashes or whatever and they just get out and it's so you know i keep using the word sterile but it, it just seems like it's not it's, it's you it's, can't really trust it's ricky it's, bobby from right yeah he's on fire but, and he's running around the car in a circle but like uh ken block with the gymkhana videos yeah. right it looks like he is moments away from yeah. death yeah i'm sure know? i'm sure he kind of really is like if he doesn't pull a turn right that is a building right that is a building with a concrete wall yeah and if if he if the tires don't hook up at the right moment, you know that's sideways into a. Anyway, hmm. I think it's that a, still comes back to not to cut you off there, but I'm gonna cut you off there. And it still comes back to like fantasy versus reality. I mean, you can see somebody do that. There's no way in hell I'd ever be able to do that. I have I have no even inkling of belief that I could you know jump anything higher than six inches. <laughs> I, um, I was going with that. Another point, but, uh, or go ahead, go ahead. As I say, but yeah, I mean, it, it's still, that's why it's so interesting is because it, it is pretty much, you know, it's pretty much a video game. It's pretty much a movie that you don't have control over that, yes, something bad could happen. And I kind of wonder if there's like a little bit of disconnect or even that there's a stronger connection that this is actually somebody doing this that could die. Like, when you're watching a movie, you know it's fake. There's probably a good chance they're not going to die unless it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, after that video we watched where every movie he made was real. <laughs> it was not, was, not, was, not, was not a movie. It was Arnold. It's, it's, the, it's the, the best acting is not acting. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll post a link to that uh, in, the, uh, in the description of this. But even watching this, even watching somebody do it on YouTube, I mean, there's still, there are still videos that look so real. On YouTube that are fake. Yep. That you can be like, eh, it might be fake. So if something bad happens, I'm not too concerned because eh, it might be fake. Or is it, you know, yes, it is even more thrilling because I could watch somebody die. That could be awesome. Except you don't really want to watch somebody die. That right, right. That messed up. I was going to say jackass would be another one. These guys make, you know, millions of dollars off of putting themselves in danger, Steve-O, you know, no insurance company will take this guy because he's willing well, to do he's, anything. Because he'll staple his ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or get I wouldn't insure that guy either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, there is there is a little bit of that, like I said, counterculture and backlash against it, I think. But it does seem to be, we love to watch, um, to quote a, a great man, Maynard James Keenan, we like to live vicariously. Uh, we like to watch things die from a distance. It is... It is peculiar. I just, I'm saying, I find it interesting that entertainment has taken this route of of being safe while it's clearly entertaining, or at least the trend of entertainment is towards more violence. So I'm, in a way, this is these people's workplace. And workplace, like I said, 
has become so safe, and it's a good thing. I mean, I don't want to get hurt, you know, at work or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> is there maybe some concern? Just throwing it out there, is there maybe some concern about like if you look at the past? Um, let's take for example, Gladiator Games. Those were real. Yeah, there were real people who were really going to die. You know, a hundred foot in front of you. Is there some concern that? maybe regressing back to wanting to watch people die live that makes you know these real life forms of entertainment want to be more safe Hmm. that because you know yes it is a dangerous sport everybody knows it's a dangerous sport they still play rugby with no pads and stuff on Mm -hmm. so you know there's some acceptance of yeah you're probably going to get hurt but deal with it you played the sport but there's so the difference, uh, and I'm an advocate for fewer pads in football, um, because when you hit somebody with your body and you feel the impact, that causes you to hit them not quite as hard. And, and as a result, you actually have fewer injuries because people aren't just flailing themselves all over the place. Which is why we don't have a death rugby. toll for rugby. Well, no. rugby's a great rugby. example. Rugby. Yeah, rugby. <laughs> Uh, but, but it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a great example as somebody that's played as somebody that's played both rugby and football. Um, rugby, you're much more cautious about how you put your body into positions because you're fully aware that it, with football you can just dive headfirst right. and for the most part be come out okay. Obviously, there's exceptions and people do get hurt still and everything. There's like more concussions in basketball though. I mean, just silly stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the, the 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 so the point being is that um, there there needs to be less less protection for awareness, and I think that to your point about the regression, I think people are aware that there is the potential for risk more in sports like rugby. They aren't as bloodthirsty. When they watch rugby, it is more actually about kind of the the sport, whereas football is about like the massive hit, mm. um, because you know, I mean, again, car crashes. As I say, it's back to NASCAR. You're, you're yeah, watching. Yeah, you, you watch crash. that giant car crash. You know, if they're probably. I mean, virtually every time they just get out and they're they turn out to be okay. The Earnhardt yeah. thing was actually kind of uh, almost a quirk. Really, it just kind of happened that that happened. He didn't think he had it properly restrained, but that's you know whatever. Uh, I'm glad that there seems to be that line, though, because we're perfectly happy to humiliate uh, people, and we're perfectly happy to watch them fail. That's how you get shows like Wipeout or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. there, there doesn't seem to be desire to see people actually get hurt uh, in reality. And I'd be very concerned if that ever comes to be a pass. So, so here's the, the counterpoint to all of this. The UFC. Mm. It has been gaining sort of ridiculous viewership in the last 10 years. Right. And they have sort of... Because when they first started, they, they didn't use any type of hand protection or whatever. And so they have sanitized it a little bit, but mm-hmm. some of these guys are still breaking arms, breaking hands, legs... But it was so in the ring. Yeah, I would say this actually is the case that proves your point because people didn't want to see that level of bloody violence that was in the original UFC. They had to clean it up a bit to make it acceptable for the masses. 
but still have that element of of striking, and it still feels real. I mean, it's it obviously a little it's real, a little too much street brawl versus. <laughs> yeah, it know, had to be a controlled, toned down boxing. Yeah, so boxing, blood sports versus. No. Yeah. Boxing became <laughs> so. Yeah. Boxing became almost a fantasy. Oh, yeah. Boxing lost a lot. What is going on? Jean Claude Van Damme face. I say, who's a blood sport? Yeah. yeah. No, you didn't slow mo and do enough. For, uh, yeah, do enough. Yeah. He's blind. You're like, yeah. <laughs> for our audio listeners here, Chris was just watch uh, Bloodsport. Just, just watch Bloodsport. Wait for the part where Van Dam gets stuff thrown in his eye. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what just happened here. <laughs> Top five guy movies of all time. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> right? It is a good movie. Um, so I, I guess we, we've sort of beat the hell out of this topic. Our violence. <laughs> that horse has been thrown aside. Right. It's um, a fantasy horse, though, so we can do whatever we, we want to. Yeah. One disembowel it. <laughs> One of the things I don't want to hear Nate's suggestions. Hey, one of the things you brought up. What would Dolan do to it? (laughs) Jesus, Gooby, please, Gooby, please. One of the things you brought up was that uh, we like to humiliate people, or we like to make fun of them when they make stupid decisions or or whatever, you know, and you know, wipe out or ultimate, you know, extreme challenge, extreme elimination challenge. Yes, right. (laughs) Missed that from back in the day. Next scene. so, overdubs are to good. to an extent, the making fun of has almost gone to a trolling status, right? Because there's making fun of, and then there's, like, you, you are now intentionally doing it just to pester them, right? Mm-hmm. Which has sort of now become what, what trolling is. Has <clears throat> has trolling kind of gone too far? We look at, what was it, David Lindelof? David Lindelof, uh, who is beloved by everyone on this panel. Nate. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh, is an active Twitter guy has a lot of stuff that a lot of information he gives a lot of things he comments on and basically got so sick of people just tro- I mean we'll call it trolling but it's actually just being a dick yeah. to him that he said fuck it I'm done um that's right. That's exactly what he said. Is it fuck? That was the tweet. <laughs> did he say it like Matthew no, McConaughey? Actually, no, no. Like, actually, what he did oh, is he posted, wow. and, and because everyone always funny. criticizes the <laughs> ending of Lost, he he put, uh, uh, I, I'm you know happy to announce that I'm going to, and they cut it off, ended it, and a day later he deleted his account. <clears throat> Nice. So it was kind and of the, the day sup- after that, it was the, the account Sopranos showed up, ending. and it was all, uh, it was purgatory, really, <laughs> it was actually, and they yes. were all dead. And, yeah. Yes, they'd all, they really all were dead. gathering together to go to heaven. Yes. I just ruined the ending of Lost. <laughs> you've had enough time hey, to watch uh, Spoiler alert. Dude, like, <laughs> no. If you were into Lost, it's been how many days yeah, you've watched now? It. Anyway, Jesus. so long story short is that um, trolling is no longer trolling. And I, it's hard to define trolling. I know it when I see it. It's when somebody does something that is intentionally, they know it full well isn't isn't correct, and we troll each other all the time as, as friends. And I think you can troll strangers, but you have to be really careful how you do it because if you do it for too long, then it just becomes being a dick. Yeah. Right. And making fun of somebody is not trolling. Mm. Okay, like you could say something that is making fun of that happens to be trolling, but simply just making fun of somebody doesn't equal trolling. Could be bullying. Oh. <clears throat> you could when call does, where's the, call when does trolling become bullying? Well, this is okay. When does so, trolling become bullying? Uh, in in Grand Theft Auto, and I'm not really revealing anything from a story standpoint, but there's a side mission where you have to 
rescue somebody who's been kidnapped by somebody he's been trolling on the internet. <laughs> and yes, and and basically, nice commentary. The, the, yes, he the so the 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 hero asks the guy what exactly is trolling, and he's like, well, it's it's humor through repetition, like. This guy's had a kid, and his kid was really ugly. And I said, "Your kid's really ugly." And the guy's like, "Actually, he has Down syndrome." So I told him, "Well, you know," and it goes on and on and on. And what you realize is that he's calling it trolling, but actually, it's just a little twat, and he needs to get his ass kicked. You know. <laughs> so the 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 point mean is that I think we've we've passed this point now where people are literally just being assholes, right? And trolling. Calling it trolling. Yeah, is there an excuse for why it's acceptable? Yeah. Well, it sort of changed definitions, didn't it? Because, like, I remember not even five years ago, if I heard trolling, I thought internet forums, and I thought the, that one guy that comes in that has nothing you know, uh, constructive to add to the argument and just picks apart somebody's argument. <laughs> or, that, say, or says something random. And or says something completely illogical. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, intentionally... Right. Intentionally enraging people, right? And and everybody's like, "All right, thanks, troll," you know, or whatever, yeah, and yeah. and off they go. Um, but I would say in the last five years, I've taken it more to mean, I, I don't know, almost like in a like with your friends, sort of, you know, giving them a hard time, that sort of thing. And and maybe that's not it. Mm. I don't know, but like, uh, I don't. I've backed off my position that you can troll anonymously i don't think you control anyone but your friends i don't because it's because it's just being a dick it, it, it's, it's well, point isn't that part of what dick. trolling came from is the anonymity these kids i say these kids like it's adults these that don't these, these damn kids, kids. <laughs> oh i'm kids. getting old guys um no people that go on and troll have that you know window of uh, anonymity where they can I can go on do it and have no repercussion for saying something that where if I said something like that to Stoughton if I didn't know him and I was like he punched me in the face you know and that would be the end of it. so there's that goes back to that mitigating of risk right I'm willing to troll or go and be an asshole on the internet because I don't have any consequences for it see this is the thing is that at a certain, at some point in the past it was kind of an art form mm -hmm. like a really elaborate well, joke the yeah. original definition was trolling as an AR. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's lost all that. No. And, and I would use Damon Lindelhoff as the example because people weren't like cleverly, like what happened basically is when Breaking Bad ended, everyone was like, yeah, that's how you end a show, Damon. You... Right. I said some words <laughs> there I really shouldn't say. <laughs> but for the a point being is they basically ran a guy off of the internet who is a intelligent yeah. and successful person. We can agree on that, can't we, Nate? <laughs> obviously, he wrote series no, that we I'm, were interested I'm in. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that he's obviously done enough to uh, to get to garner credibility. Yes, we'll say that. Is now, that whether well, whether we tease him about you know, I tease him, uh, and as much as I said, you know, earlier, I was like, oh fuck Lindelof or fuck that guy. Honestly, no. The the if I saw the dude on the street, I'd be like, what's up, you know, and I would talk to him and be. Um, just because I don't agree with his creative work. That's like, the difference. He'd be like, hey, I'd be, I'd be like, that's how you end the show. Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Middle finger. Yeah. That's two right there. Let me turn them up in case you couldn't hear them because the audio engineer forgot to mix it right. I see your nodules are vertical there. Yes. Mm. I, think, I think you're right. I think, I think the issue is trolling originally started out as, you know, kind of getting people's goat roll just for fun. 
and not being super mean about it, but like saying something stupid that everybody knows was stupid, and you like may have been in on the joke, may have not been in on the joke, but the joke kind of comes out at some point that yeah, you like. Were did you know you can die from dihydrous monoxide or whatever? Right, right. That's a troll. And there's still a little bit of that now, like some of the you know the asking, like the people on the street questions where they ask them, you know, do you prefer this or this? And it's the exact same thing, just with two different names. And people are like, well, this one's much better. Or the ones where they go to, like, the, the art shows, and they're like, oh, have you heard of this new artist, Draw You Make Sucks A Lot? He's amazing, isn't he? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's the greatest. I saw his art while I was Draw there. Draw You Make Sucks A Lot. <laughs> that one might be a giveaway, but... That's, that's, uh, that's, yeah. my, that's my hand. Might be a hint. <laughs> but yeah, I think... It's your handle. More recently, people have taken that... And kind of started applying trolling to obvious instances of stupidity. And, and much as I like to call people abuse. in general stupid, lots of people are stupid. And they say stupid things. And then when they get called out on they're like, oh, I was trolling you. Ah, I got you. Good. No, you didn't. You're stupid. <laughs> it's, and it's true. They use it as a defense against their own ignorance. Right. And then you also have people that go online and are just, like Stoughton said, complete assholes to everybody. And they like they you know hide it behind. Oh, we're totally trolling them. No, you're not. You're an asshole. You mean everything that you say. This isn't. Ah, I'm just joking with you. This yeah. is. I really you know hate your kid. I think you're ugly. You're stupid. Yeah. I wish you'd jump off a bridge. I wish the ending of Lost didn't suck so much, but it did. <laughs> you look at me like I'm the one who went on that. I am the single responsible person. I can't help but na- look at Nate for getting Damon Lindelof off Wait, of Twitter. You, you, You'll thank me Nate. later. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think really <laughs> trolling, did, trolling started out as something that was kind of amusing. It was kind of, I would almost say it was kind of like jackass a little bit. Yeah. Like they, they do yeah. stupid stuff and kind of, like, you know, the taking the rental car and smashing the shit out, like taking it to a demolition <laughs> derby. Is that CKY? Yeah. Yes. And so, so yeah, that was yes. kind of a little trolling. But then it kind of goes too far and now you've, you know, you're affecting real people and you're pissing people off and you're still trying to play it off as, oh, I was totally joking. It was written. No, it wasn't. It has kind of started you. since that. You know, CKY came out over 10 years ago now, right? It came yeah. out in like 99, 90. Not, two, I think maybe it comes from the... No, that was the second one. So CKY was, was 98 Land, or 99. Land Speed? Land Speed? Is that what it was? Land Speed, the first one? Uh, God, it was I just know. CKY. One? And then it was, C- yeah. and then it was CKY 2K and then yeah. CKY 3. Yep. But either either way, it's been out for a long time, right? So yeah. maybe we can kind of trace some of the roots of the this behavior from that, right? You know? Uh, as opposed you to go as opposed a lot to, further back than that. As bro. opposed to tracing it back to people were an asshole 800 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah. How far are you in it? You could say the court jester was a troll. Oh, there you go. At least, then, right. at least then, I think that you could probably get away with being a legitimate troll if the court jester had, you know, intentions of living for the next five Did minutes. he live under the bridge? It's, that's true. CKY, they're, they're, you know, they kick a football into somebody's car as they drive by and, you know, oh, sorry, and it's, you know, hilarious to everybody that's watching. If the jester... Yeah. Had kicked a football into the king's face. Yeah, the king's face. Like, hey, you're be dead. <laughs> Next jester. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Ah, it's not funny. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I guess one of the other things we want to get to is games. Games are starting to take. Uh, an interesting path here. I, I don't want to say persistent world, but uh, sort of games as a service. And Nate, do you want to you want to describe what what you were you were talking about here? We we start to see games 
Like what? Like Diablo 3? Yeah, yeah. so basically, my premise in this, um, we're seeing a lot more games go to what would be considered a service base. You know, and, and you'd almost say the itera- iterative uh, landscape that we've seen, like Call of Duty, you know, could we see games like that that come out, you know, Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty, come out as more a service, like, you know, how you subscribe to Netflix at this point, mm. or you subscribe to something, what if what if you paid mm, 20 bucks a year, or may well be more for that, right? I mean, 60 bucks a year, and I what, get... Whatever, some sort of and subscription. I, and I get multiplayer for Call of Duty. And I get all the latest updates, and I get all the latest trends, and all of that. Or, you know, it's kind of how the free-to-play model has gone. And, you know, there, I'd say that I see signs that games are going more that way, just because we've got games where everything is very service-based and multiplayer-based. SimCity, uh, Diablo 3, and even what the Xbox One had proposed in, in the initial uh, landscape that you were always online, which... You know, would enable you to some, kind of subscribe to that, right? Like in some of their cloud computing, they were talking about um, games where the land, you know, sections or areas of the map could actually open up without you ever having to actually download an update. Right, right, exactly. Because that I mean, would be always available because you're on a cloud or service. You're talking, you're talking more along the lines of uh, when you say like SimCity or Diablo Three. You're talking games that you only install a client, basically. Yeah. And so you connect into, and everything is on the server. Mm-hmm. So kind of the MMO model, but not MMO in the, in the same sense, that you, you don't have a copy of the game. Your install disk installs a client that then logs into a server that then generates the levels. and You, you have know, the engine. Right. You have, yeah, you right. have the engine and probably some sprites, but right. the actual you know, level generation and you know, play maps and all that stuff is and, stored away from you. And, and everything that's been happening since you've been away. Yeah. Right. And well, that, by doing that, you know, by the, the push to that where you have more server-powered and thin clients, so to speak, is what, you know, the way you look at that, you have the ability to um, update iteratively on the server without even having to affect that thin client and enable them to, say, pay into a service. So I subscribe to, you know, like I, I have HBO or I have Showtime. Well, I have Call of Duty on my box, you know. It's like I'm subscribed to it. Or whatever. I, I could see that as a future. Do you think that's a, a possibility, or do you think I'm thinking far too outside the box? Uh, well, I think there's there's two things here, right? Because there's there's games where it's sort of uh, not necessarily persistent world, but um, you know, like the service that's that's updated iteratively, like you said. But mm-hmm. whether you're paying for that service or not is is an interesting point because MMOs that charged for their service have kind of gone by the wayside. There's not very many of them left. True. Um, yeah, until Elder Scrolls Online comes out and charges fifteen bucks a month, rapage a month. Who who knows? I mean, it it might work. It might not. I mean, we'll they'll probably work. go to free to play within six months. In my in my, I my mean, guess, almost all of them have. Yeah, six months to a year. <clears throat> almost all of them have. So maybe and, it goes to that. Maybe it goes to free to play with a pay model, uh, with a subscribe model. I I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see how it works out. What people aren't aren't thrilled about. Um, paying for something that stays the same. I think some people are okay with paying a premium for a service like uh, Battlefield Premium. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you know you're going to be getting constant updates, I know lots of us got the the premium, mm-hmm. you know, for the, the last iteration of, of Battlefield. 
uh, because we knew we were going to be getting those those DLC updates. If if that wasn't DLC and that was premium, and those that get premium get a changing experience, you know, you're going to get these additional levels, you're going to get more maps, you're going to get more vehicles, more weapons, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that was either a service or whether that was pay 60 bucks and you get this for the next year, you get all the updates we're going to do, and here's what the timeline is, I do think more people would buy into that. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> Destiny will be an interesting one. Yeah. Right? Bungie's new pet project. Yep. Because that is, that is, in this instance, it is a persistent world. It will continue even when you're offline. Right. Grand Theft Auto has an online experience that can be persistent world, but it is much the same way. The world can change while you're not there. You're not paying anything really for that. No. I mean, you paid for the game. You can, though. You can pay money to get uh, money <laughs> in the well, game. Well, microtransactions. Like in-game money, microtransactions. I, I do right. think we'll yeah. start seeing more microtransactions for things to shortcut, uh, shortcut the grind. It shouldn't... We will see things that aren't just shortcuts. We will see things that are... Pay to win. Yes, pay to win. I think you already do. I think there already is pay to win. They're, they're, they do exist out there, but it breaks games. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that, that can sustain are the ones that do pay to, to, pay to shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know, not pay to win. Yeah. And I think in those instances, that is a sustainable model. Yeah. You know, uh, cut some of the grind out. If you put in this this bit or whatever, I think you'll see some of that. My concern with the the games on a, like the games as a service issue is a lot of the backlash with SimCity and Diablo was the always on requirement. Exactly because you paid sixty bucks for a game that you now could not play if you did not have internet, mm-hmm. or you'd be in the middle of a game and because your internet connection was flaky, you just you know lost whatever your last save point was. Mm. So. It's going to be hard to kind of push people in that direction of saying, well, why don't we just keep, you know, we're taking the load off of your box so you can run a, you know, half-assed machine to play the game. Right. So, But we're doing all the processing over here, mm-hmm. and we'll do all the saves over here, and everything will be saved here, and it'll be great yep. um, and, until you can't access it, until our servers go down, until, you know, you lose your internet, until our company goes bankrupt and you lose everything. Right. I would, know, at, the, at the end of the day, if, I know, I know... With large companies, it's hard to think about it. Like with you know Amazon or Google or even Blizzard, it's hard to think of this company could someday go bankrupt. But if someday this company goes bankrupt, your copy of Diablo three is worthless mm-hmm. because you can't. Th- those servers don't exist anymore. Yep. You you have a you know sixty dollar piece of crap that it's probably a long enough timeline that you don't care. But there are still games that are gonna you know if they go towards that, then if some rinky dink company goes out of business. You got nothing. Yeah. I think it is a a symptom of the digital distribution age. We're kind of like on that cusp of we're still in the old and still in the new. And we obviously still weren't ready to make the leap or else Xbox One would have been like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Always online. We'll do that. You know, there was such a backlash, like you said, against that, that um, it shows that people aren't quite ready to give up the physical media, so to speak. And I think some of the backlash against Mm -hmm. Xbox One being always on was more of a – it wasn't so much – it was more of a, you know, I have to always have internet connection every 24 hours to tell me that I own the games that I own. Like, if you could continue playing and your Xbox was like, okay, you're offline, I see, I locally have that you have these licenses, mm-hmm. you can play these games. The instant you go back online, I'm going to revalidate every single one of them, and they all better be legit. And if they're not legit, I'm going to take away the ones that aren't there. But you don't have to connect every single day 
to check that, you know, my six-month-old copy of Battlefield 4 is still valid. Yeah. I bought it. It should be on my Xbox. Don't keep checking for it. It's there. I think this is a little bit of a shift, too, but I think part of the what the Xbox One uh, problem was was that because Sony chose to basically remain stagnant from a service standpoint, yeah. they were able to just bludgeon that against yeah. Microsoft. Snarking. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> So, but they were they were able to turn that into their marketing hammer and just beat Microsoft over the head right. with it, um, and so it made it almost impossible for Xbox to actually make those kind of advancements because they were able to inject so much fear into the market. Now that being said, I agree. Mean, the always online thing that you're talking about, it just they didn't do it right. Yeah. Like they didn't make the consumer comfortable with it, but no. there's no question that the reason they had to go back on basically everything was because they were getting beaten like a rented mule. It is easier to kind of be like, well, you know, they're still saying this is the cool way to do it, and it's the way I've been doing it, so I'm going to go with them, and you're wrong for doing it a different way. Do you you think some of the the streaming services that we're getting now, you know, Steam, I'm going to be able to supposedly stream, you know, to my, uh, from my desktop computer to my, you know, living room or whatever with a Steam box if I had that, or NVIDIA's got a, a... the shield, I think, where you can go from your the computer, handheld. the handheld, a Vita with the PS4, you're going to be able to stream the games to it, to and from, remote play, that kind of thing. You think that sort of streaming with a thin client, I know, Damon, is that, is that what that was? <laughs> but, uh, no, okay, the, but over the, Vita, the Vita streaming is not all it's cracked up to be. Okay, yeah, but but either way, we'll just say the push for a, um, the push for a thin client or a, a screen that basically can can do your your full-on server. What you said is a really good point about we don't think Steam will ever go bankrupt. It will probably get bought out and go bankrupt. And basically somewhere hidden in those terms of user agreement is basically their little line that says we can do whatever we want whenever we feel like it. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. I'm sure it's in the So if they get bought out and suddenly all of a sudden now it becomes a subscription-based service. Right. Every game that you bought, well, that'll be five bucks per game per month that we're going to need you to pay so we can continue to provide that. Exactly. And you've already dumped in. Five hundred dollars into Steam. That's po- I mean, that's always possible. So, you take that risk when you do it. But for, like I said, for me, you know, as a, a person that uses Steam quite a bit, mm-hmm. all those games I bought, most the majority of them were very cheap. I bought them dirt cheap on a Steam sale. You know, five bucks. I bought, you know, the Star Wars, all of them for like you know ten bucks or whatever at a Steam sale. So the 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 risk mitigation there is that I've not had to spend a lot of money, so I'm not going to lose a lot for that, right? But I'm also buying in on Valve's good word that they'll always be around. Yeah. You know, it's that. And I think what you were talking about with uh, with the streaming to the, the the Vita and the the Steam Re- box, remote play services. remote play yeah. is a little different because you still you still the physical server is in your right, but vicinity. it's it's changing people's mindsets on ownership on accepting and accepting uh, remote play. Yeah, I say remote play, but yeah, but accepting services, right? Because uh, even still, Gaikai streaming. I'm not. Um, I'm not one of these people that's really comfortable yet with owning something that I don't actually have a hard copy yeah, of. See? Because yeah. it's not. It does. It's not real. I can't. I don't actually own it unless I can make my own hard copy. Intellectual property. You have a hard time accepting intellectual. Well, unless, unless I can make my own hard copy of it, yeah. I don't own it. 
Right. So um, iTunes you're totally okay with because you can burn a CD of it. Well, yeah, as long as I'm willing to do that. I, I would be relatively okay with it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with owning digital music because of the fact that it's relatively easy to create your own hard copy you know, you can if a hard drive you can fails all over the place, right. and exactly, you have your library on the. But iTunes, uh, right? yeah. movies, I'm not as comfortable with because it is much more difficult. And to, the formats to, change exactly, so that's difficult. Right. And then with games, we're really out there because now we're talking about they have uh, product codes or you know various ways of actually. We're talking about the always on thing with the validation checks. Yeah, you know if they revoke that. Um, yeah. And know, see, I'm so. on I'm on the other side of the fence. I. When I first heard about, I didn't like the always on. I that was yeah. the one thing that bothered me about the Xbox One. But the the share uh, plan and all that. No, that I could get digital release. Di- right, yes. digital distribution. A day one. You know, you know what? Oh, I don't yeah. need Sign another rack of. I don't need another rack of the next gen games. I don't. Yeah. I don't need another bookshelf in my living room that has a bunch of freaking games in it. To me, I I guess. I'm willing to take that leap at yep. this point. I'm willing to, t- you know, they didn't go bust with, with Xbox. They didn't go bust with Xbox 360. I'm gonna take the guess that uh, Xbox One is gonna be around for as long as I'm. It's willing to play Xbox. It's Microsoft's One best anymore. brand, so there's no way it's going. I mean, but, but, it'll same, be bought same for, out. Same for PS4, right? I would be if if I was gonna get the PS4, I would want to go digital distribution. I, I like the idea that if I want to get this game and it comes out on Tuesday, I don't have to rush over on my lunch break and you know buy the game and hope that I I didn't have you know hope that they still have some left or whatever. I have already bought several games that uh, are games on demand. So either arcade games. I mean, I'm sure most of us have already bought some form of digital distribution. Uh, media Absolutely. that you don't have a disc for and you you do sort of have to put trust in that it's mm-hmm. going to be there. There hasn't been a high level burn yet on on no. one of these. Now there have been like instances, I think it was is either iTunes or Amazon that sold a digital copy of like Catcher in the Rye. It was a 1984. Wasn't okay, it, it, it could was, have it was been. 1984. Amazon, yeah. Amazon's copy of they actually reached into everybody's Kindle and snatched it back, yeah. which is Mega creepy. Did they give them back the the five oh, to ten? Yeah, bucks? I mean, it was, it was a refund, but it was it was still a function of it was a reminder of how little you actually own this property. Right. So that's what I'm saying. There hasn't been a high level situation here. I mean, can you imagine uh, Grand Theft Auto comes out, billion dollars gets spent, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get into some kind of argument between. You know, whoever distributed that versus oh, Rockstar, oh. and they say no. Actually, you're not paying us enough, and find they just say fine. Well, we're going to pull all those copies back. Yeah, and it's, this is not if they refunded it. I mean, doesn't would I be matter. Upset about doesn't it? matter. It would be enraging to have had that, it and then have it taken away. I think there's probably a legal. Situation. There's probably I was going to say a legal system that would fight that too. <laughs> like you know, our our no, system. Truthfully, in place, once you're in their a, system, you're at their mercy. Yeah, you're not. You have whole, no rights. Terms are subject to change that you agree to when you start playing the game. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I mean, it, it, you know, you couldn't throw in something like. You know, we're changing the terms of service, so we now own your soul because I you bought the game. Bet yeah. you there would be you class have, action you have the right, so. you, have the res- you have the right as a consumer not to use the service. Well, let me that's, that's, the right that's service suicide, though, right? It. I mean, if so, if they were to do that, that if Steam were to do that to a person, like a massive burn, migration, but massive player, everyone's going to go use Origin. Even yeah, yeah. 
Even before. No, I'm just saying. They're, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That's what people will do. It's really? A, it's the same thing that happens when somebody gets burned with something or... How to get burned? How to get burned? You would... Sorry. I have to have Nicholas Cage reference. But no, it's the same thing. Somebody gets burned with something. For instance, file sharing. Napster. Everybody goes to the next one when it goes down. They go to the next one. They go to the next one. They Nobody just, got burnt, though. They got shut down. All right. In the, in the instance still, of the... But Napster wasn't really... Napster wasn't, you know... Um, Selling a product. I know it is. DR, Napster wasn't DRM. They were, you know, free copies. So it was like, even when they got shut down, oh, I can't get my free I'm just saying, once, once, from anywhere, once people find, find the path of least resistance, which is if they get burned here, they're like, well, screw that. Steam screwed us all over. If it's that big of a, a, a or a, if a service screws somebody over that big of a, they'll a, of a deal, yeah. they'll move. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but they some, will. Yeah, sometimes they will. there's stuff you can't even control. Like, um, where we work, there the the company who's and this is kind of a little off of the subject, but the the company that makes the software that we use primarily for writing programs, yeah, every so often stops paying a license for something. Uh, it's just not business smart on their end to pay a license for it. Every update prior to that cutoff no longer available. You cannot download an update to this software because it contains that piece of software that they didn't pay. They stopped paying the license. Is this power builder? Yes, it's terrible. <laughs> but think of how many games. Think of how many games use Bink, use the Havoc engine, use all these same engines, and all it takes is one of them to go out of business, and oh, the license is not there anymore. That's true. Your physical copy. But wait, if, if Havoc goes out of business, they can just keep using it. If Havoc gets bought out, and, and then they, they say, say no, you can't use to, that anymore. To get this, we demand royalties. Well, I guess we can't sell the game right. anymore. Yeah. So your physical oh, copy true. of the game is still probably good. You won't get any updates for it, but you can still play it. If you now, have a digital copy, are you still allowed to play the digital copy? No, but but Microsoft come in and say, thing, well, though. you don't have the rights to play that, that digital copy. Uh, here's, let, me, let me make a, a, a point on this, and I think it, it re- can relate to the, the ebook. The uh, <laughs> if that happened to physical disc, if let's say Grand Theft Auto Five, they come out and let's say online didn't come up, and they said we the reason it's taking so long to get this worked out is uh, we contracted somebody to do the servers and do everything that we promised, and that fell through. They now said we're not going to do it. If you bought physical copies of it, and and it was an online, let's say it was online only. Uh, if you bought physical copies, what are you going to do? You're going to get refunds? No, you, you you've already bought it. You already own the property, and now it's not going to live up to what they said it would. Right now, you've only got whatever else is left in there. In the instance of let's say the 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 ebook or whatever that, that they face some legal issues and they could pull it back and they refund it, I would say in digital distribution, you you can expect more to make it right. Are you going to be upset that you didn't get the experience you wanted? Probably, but let's say in this instance you had Grand Theft Auto Five online and this sort of thing went down. They go, mm, "Sorry, we got to pull it back, refund." The, I think it's more likely to happen with digital. The big thing I'm going to tell you about the 1984 pullback. The big issue there was some people owned the book for the sake of school and making notes in. You can highlight a, a digital an ebook. So when they pulled it back, you didn't lose your highlights, but whatever copy you had was no longer that copy. Your highlights were useless. They made no sense because what you knew as page 15 in your copy that got pulled back is now page 17 because the new copy is formatted differently Mm. or has a different layout. Gotcha. So, yeah, 
you know, you may have gotten a replacement, but the things you attach to it. So if the game stops working, all this DLC you've paid good money for. Say your yeah, save anymore. or whatever. Right, yeah. your save game stops this, working. Or, this is a great example where um, laws have not caught up with technology. Yeah. With the honest to God, need a law that gives digital ownership the same value as physical ownership. Um, because mm-hmm. right now, your song on iTunes is not yours. It's a license. It's, it's a license, a, basically. Yeah. Technically, a CD is not really yours either. Really, I mean, if you look, I mean, the CD you own, but the the song itself. On well, you the don't CD, have the right. You, you don't, don't have own. the right to go off and yeah. yeah redistribute the song. Yeah. But however, that 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 copy exists yeah. for use for your usage as much as you want, mm-hmm. and that needs to happen digitally as well, so that we're we're not in this position where basically we're all just subscribers at the mercy of the service we subscribe to, we actually have some level of ownership over the things that we're purchasing from these people. You should own every game Mm -hmm. that you purchase on Steam. You should own it. Um, And even if you haven't... If you want to download a copy and get the key, you should be able to do that and then keep it forever. I would say that is true, but for, for instance, like a CD copy of... Mech Warrior 2 or whatever that I own. Technically, I don't own uh, Mech Warrior 2. I own the CD or whatever the I, I have the CD, but I don't no, own the license to the, you don't, the software. You don't own the distribution license, but you own a copy of that game that you can use however you see fit, and it can't be taken away from you. Yeah. You can install it on every computer you ever build in your entire life that will support playing it, mm-hmm. versus you installed it on one computer your license has been used. If you'd like to install it on another computer, you have to go through this arduous process well, to transfer your license to this one computer, and it won't ever work yeah. on this computer again Bioshock. you transfer your license. You said Bioshock uh, earlier um, in one of our well, shorts. No, no, I, I played that on, on an Xbox, so oh, that's okay. <laughs> but, but No, 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 but see, but Bioshock, for instance, the first one, they did the same thing. They had an activation um, that you had to connect to a server to activate it when you first got it. It was like MAC address tied or something? Yeah, it was MAC address. Well, you had to activate it, and you had a limited number of activations on your computer for your license. Right. And you had to, like, when you uninstalled it, you had to, like, deactivate your license. It was the first one that I remember ever having that DRM for. Huh. And, yeah, it was, that was, I mean, for instance, you wouldn't you have been a, able to did install Did you get a headache from that? <laughs> I'm just trolling you, Josh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you had that with Windows XP, where XP can only be you know reactivated so many times, right. and then you know I'm sorry, you've changed your video card too many times. You know, or need Vista, to call Microsoft. Vista, I think was the first one that one did that. Yeah. yeah, which is why whichever one did that. Yeah, but. yeah, but either way, that, that I think that's an inherent problem with the way we look at that digital licensing too. Is that companies are trying to make it so that you can only buy one license and that's that one license you own and can be yeah. installed once and this is like what if, in, in their defense if all of us wanted to play Mech Warrior 2 you we could, would all just take your copy and install yeah. it and yeah. walk away and this is that's why what they they're, do that that's what they're trying to limit but the problem is is that that's solving a problem that's existed since the beginning of time because you know your copy your hard copy of 1984 we could all read your uh record of the best of david cassidy we could all listen to i don't know why we would nate i don't know why you have that but no judging no judging so troll. but the the, point, the, <laughs> the point, troll is in the dungeon. the point being is that they're trying to to find ways to basically sell more copies uh by <laughs> preventing sharing when what they really should be concerned with is simply 
making sure that the their consumers have the best experience possible. Right. And then they'll sell more copies naturally. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is kind of a physical versus digital issue. Because, you know, before you had, you know, the LP, you had cassette tapes, you had CDs. So you always had an inferior version that, you know, you could kind of back track to, but it was still yeah. inferior. So you could put your CD on a tape, but it sounded like a friggin' tape. Now that it's digital, the copy sounds exactly the same no matter where you That's put it. So, yeah, it is, it is kind of a pain in the butt that with the with the jump to everything being digital, you kind of have to find a new way to yeah prevent and and not be anti-consumer because god companies are so anti-consumer these days right. like they just think everybody's out to get them which the piracy See, in the past has kind thing, of proven it. it i mean i do ha i have i have an issue because as much as i like free music it is not right i mean i would i would really like to unless it's for creed it, but it, it's and then why creed are you downloading in the music? first place <laughs> creed isn't music yes, gooby sir. stop stop <laughs> gooby stop uh so this is this is the, this is an issue we have is that um technology has made it so easy to steal no you're right i mean because everything is digital all right so what if let's let's look at the the digital distribution from the console standpoint okay uh, specifically let's use microsoft model because i'm not entirely sure how the steam model handles multiple computers i mean it might it might work out the same way I'll handle but it the <laughs> But what about Steam? Oh, I'll handle it. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay, so how, how it works now is if you if you buy uh, a digital license for whatever game, the the big issue that I that really stops me from just going out and buying absolutely every game digital is that if it ever disappears off the cloud server and I needed space on my local hard drive, yeah. and I delete it. Never getting it back. Right. If it goes, if they go, ah, it's, it's too old. We don't have the, you know, whatever for it. Or there is not enough demand for us to keep it on our servers. You know, it's just, it's hogging bandwidth because it's the size of a, a Blu-ray or whatever. You know? I believe there's live arcade games that had that exact same problem. Th they might. But what, what I would be totally okay with is the, the next gen, or at least... Uh, Microsoft is allowing you to use uh, USB hard drives. Mm. And it's not just a specific list. You can use whatever you want. But USB hard drives for backups. Yep. It's not clear whether you can fully transfer your digital licenses, but I know if you have a USB thumb drive that is compatible with the Xbox 360, you can transfer whole, um, whole games over. So even if they do disappear, I've got them. So it kind of works that way now, and so I'm I'm a little okay with that. I can kind of make a hard backup. It is a little bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, because you have to do storage. I, I've done that. I've done. You know, I've backed up DLC onto a, an external hard drive just in case because just in case. Right, but if if they did a method like that so that you can say, hey, these are my my favorite games or whatever. I want to make sure I don't ever lose these, and I, I need space off my off my main hard drive, so I'm going to delete them, remove them, or whatever. I think that would ease some fears. But we're a little bit off topic yeah. now from, uh, not that I, I had any uh, <laughs> illusions of staying on topic this episode, but uh, All right. well, go ahead, make your, make your point. Oh, I, I was going to say, um, 
I think it's also that there's such a glut of games that we have now. Like, we have so much more available that they become more throwaway experiences in a way. Like, you play it and, like, when's the last time you go back and replay a game a whole bunch from, like, this generation that you feel like you need to replay it over and over versus, like, I have... <clears throat> like, I guess it depends on you find over and over. I mean, I'd just beat GTA five twice... Oh, I've played Skyrim for like probably 300 plus hours. Yeah, but that's that one playthrough though, right? Times. Hmm. I see. I think I see where you're going. Like you know, uh, the Bioshock DLC, Minerva's Den for for the original Bioshock. When was the last time anybody played that? Mm. So if they took it off, and yeah. you don't have a copy of it anymore, you bought it. If you didn't back it up. Yeah, sucks to be you. Yeah, sucks to be you. But but whether or not you would actually go back and play it, like how big right. of a risk is right. that to you? Like, to me, yeah. I'm like, eh. you know, like yeah. when's the next time? Like, I'm oh, like, I lost it. I wasn't playing it anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a yeah, thought. but that is an issue. It's, it's not I right. Mean, but it's... For, for DLC, if I've paid for it, I expect it to be available. Yeah, right. right. That's true. So, and it's and it, I mean, yeah, because I paid for it. Right, because I paid for it. Yeah. Exactly, and you, I mean. Again, I think this is where... What if you could make a backup, though? If, if Would you be more okay with it if you can make backups of it? So even if they got rid of it off their servers, or let's say, hey, we see that you bought the license for, I don't know, Prince of Persia, whatever, and this game is so old, we're not going to keep it on our servers anymore. Is. Yeah, whatever. And so they, they notified you, hey, make a backup of this, or you know, we're getting rid of off it off the cloud so you won't be able to download it again. It's interesting. What if zombies what if came out and stopped collectors my decisions? If uh, who's this disembodied voice? I don't know. I don't know. We're getting, like our producer for the first time ever. It's like this man in the podcast. No, no, but but like uh, no, but seriously, I think say twenty years from now mm-hmm. and my children want to play a game that I happen to have some DLC for. And they're going to look at you and go, you have to use your hands? It's a baby's game. Well, let's be exactly. But the the point being is that they get on there and there's some backwards compatibility, theoretically, you know, let's say. And and they want to play uh, Skyrim with all the DLC. It'll be emulated. No, 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 I know. But that's what I'm saying is that uh, do I have to... Rebuy all these copies since right. I have, have technically paid copy? for it. You have to, to I mean, rebuy the HD copy of a game you already own. Probably, exactly. probably. I mean, we're in this. I mean, hell, freaking Nintendo's been doing that for years, right? So, <laughs> how many copies of Nintendo? How many copies of Zelda can you buy? How many copies of Mario has everybody bought? I can only buy one copy See? of Zelda because that whole series sucks, donkey dog. <laughs> oh come on, stop! <laughs> wow, come on. I think Old I think at that point we have to stop there. I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. The internet has shut down. No, you're just being an asshole. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that pretty much does it for us on uh, episode wait, six. Stoughton, do you want to you want to close the podcast? I know. Uh, oh no, wait! Uh, you hosted this one, so you're uh, good to close it. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trolling. <laughs> if you lean forward, I'll pull that knife from your back, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I know. I just want to tell you, you're doing his, a great job. I'm just going to ignore Chris at this point. <laughs> I'm old. Nigels. 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 So, I, Nigel. you're going to see the shorts next week, and the shorts, he's actually touching. <laughs> you're going to see the shorts. You're going to see Ryan's the, shorts. The tangents and are ridiculous. And by shorts, we mean penis. <laughs> what? 
like so us on just, Facebook. Just Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're done. <laughs> like us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash Fairly Awesome Podcast. On Twitter, at FAPCast. Until next time, stay I'm glad calm. we were able to remain mostly on topic for the majority of the podcast. And not talk over the host. I, yeah. You're hosting? Oh, I thought Jesus. It was- <laughs> That's it, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>